the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. From the streets of Melrose Park to the trading floor of the Merc, he's fought for every dollar he's ever earned. And now, with personal liberty and our system of capitalism under assault in America, he's here to seize back our rights from the government. With a cigar in one hand and a copy of the Declaration of Independence in the other, he's Sean Thompson. And this is The Sean Thompson Show. Interesting times. Interesting times as we see what it means to be an American change. As we see politicians who are sworn to uphold the principles of Americanism demand that we, in fact, abandon what it means to be an American. Philly mayor orders unvaccinated to wear double masks, as if a Philadelphia mayor has the ability to do so. I received a phone call this morning from my sister-in-law who wanted to discuss how Dan Prof's meeting went as he talked to parents about what their rights were over their child in a public school system run by you know, a union and a couple of Democrat politicians who are teaching children to be slaves. And there's a big push to teach all Americans to be slaves. And that's really the principle of what we're combating. This is not a normal political climate, and I know you feel it, right? We are being bullied. We are being really kind of ordered to abandon all of the things we thought it was to be an American. We thought under all this time we had freedom and liberty. And So I'm going to get to the specificity of these issues, and we're going to play some clips. But I have to start by telling you... Um, as, as a kid growing up in a country that had just gotten over Vietnam and what happened and was celebrating to a certain extent at that time, when if you're over 50, when you were young, your parents and your, your uncles and your grandmothers were all celebrating still the victory over the, the Nazis in World War II, along with the various other socialists, including the Japanese and the other kind of collectivist countries. We, were, we had that arrogance and that audacity of Americans. That was when... Parents used to say, I'm the king of this castle and the government stops at the sidewalk and all of these things that are no longer represented in today's America. As we are turning into those countries we, we went to war with more than we are representing the America that fought in World War II. But we still, when I was young, you still celebrated that and you celebrated the sons of those former Nazis who came to America because of its freedom. And if you grew up in the 70s, the way I grew up, there was a push. It was, it was a very interesting time. The 70s were fantastic, although we had an idiot in um, Jimmy Carter. And we were experiencing a lot of those same moronic policies that the idiot Carter put in place. Um, and you're going to go through those same trials and tribulations. The good news is it was followed by Reagan, and that may very well happen again. In fact, I think it has a very big likelihood if we could somehow shore up voter integrity. But... Uh, the 70s really was an interesting time because a, a, a son of a Nazi rose to extreme popularity, and his name was Arnold Schwarzenegger. He went on to become the governor 
of California. And um, if you grew up in the 70s, you saw Pumping Iron was a movie, the first movie where Arnold Schwarzenegger came about. Bodybuilding was a was a fad in the 70s. A lot of guys were into it. I was related to one that was into it. Dragged me to Bill Pearl's gym. If you're an old Chicagoan, you know who Bill Pearl was. He was a bodybuilder in Chicago. And um, everybody liked the idea that here was this immigrant who came to this country with literally nothing. He had a father who was a legitimate Nazi. He was not a good, you know, the, the story was he threw Arnold out or whatever the case is. Arnold came here and became a legend. Think about what Arnold Schwarzenegger did with very poor English. To this day, he can barely say the state he was the governor of. And Arnold Schwarzenegger, you thought, represented that American dream. I did. I was a big fan of Arnold Schwarzenegger. When he became governor, I thought he was going to be the next Ronald Reagan. I had high hopes for him. As I watched him dwindle and fail in California, and he left with very low approval ratings, and California was in turmoil due to a lot of his stupidity, I lost kind of the idea that Arnold Schwarzenegger was going to be something to American future other than just a movie star, which is what he was. Arnold Schwarzenegger is the favorite kind of Republican for today's Marxists because he's the kind of Republican that falls in the vein of a fascist. He's that Mitt Romney corporatist. He's he's kind of everything you don't want in a Republican. In fact, if the Republican Party had standards, Arnold Schwarzenegger would not be in it. So Arnold Schwarzenegger was on CNN last night, and uh, he said something I think needs to be talked about. But I think people should know there is a virus here. It kills people, and the only way we prevent it is, is to get vaccinated, to wear masks, to do social distancing, washing your hands all the time, and not just to think about, well, my freedom is being kind of disturbed here. No, screw your freedom. Because with freedom comes obligations and, uh, and responsibilities. We can now, see, he doesn't understand what freedom means. With freedom comes no responsibilities and obligations other than law, right? In a free society, there are certain crimes you cannot commit. You can't murder anybody. You can't steal anything. That's pretty much it. You're free to determine your own decisions. You're entitled to your person. We are living in a time now when people are chanting that you have to give that up. In every one of these instances, that's the common denominator. You have to give it up. So parents out there, thankfully, are fighting back because what they see is the ramifications of last year's shutdown of the schools. They see what it's done to their own kids. They see the failure in our educational system. And moreover, they see the mission of today's teachers and today's government schooling. And that is to teach your child how to be an anti-American to teach your child to be subservient. It is the exact opposite of it of the way it was when, and I say we, and you'll forgive me, people who grew up in the 70s, in the 80s, in the 60s, in the 50s, and further. This culture right now and the people in charge are, in fact, the fascistic Europeans that Arnold Schwarzenegger's father was. That's just the way it is. And I know it's, oh, are you calling them Nazis? Yeah. Are you calling them socialists? Yeah. Are you calling them communists? Yeah. But moreover, I'm calling them tyrants. And that is what they are. And it's in every instance. Listen, there is a virus and it's real. Thank God 
It's very inefficient at killing people. Very inefficient. It has a 99.5% survival rate. It's terrible when anybody dies. But in a society of our size, we were losing well in excess of a million people a year into natural causes. This is just merely, and this is, this is not an opinion. This is the excuse to forever change the, what it means to be an American. This is the excuse that government politicians are using to bankrupt us, to imprison us to their will. That's just the way it is. Now, there are parents that are fighting back, and to a certain extent, it's inspiring, except for the fact when you really focus on how much power the so-called teachers and government schools have over us, it's proof that it's a futile exercise. Chaos at a school board meeting over mask as the Williamson County School Board votes to have elementary school children wear masks in class at least until September 21st. As you see, deputies had to escort at least one man from that contentious meeting this evening. Dozens of parents followed after yelling at the school board to not make any mask mandatory. And inside, there was also a lack of decorum. Now, the reason that this is happening is because we are seeing the so-called people in charge have been wrong at every step of this virus. Historically, they have been wrong. The mask that they proclaimed would help did not help. But yet, once again, we are pulled into what we always are pulled into when you're dealing with arguing with fascists. They're protecting you from a result that didn't happen, telling you that as long as you listen to them, it's better than the alternative. But yet the alternative would have been what? They never would have shut down the economy. They never would have mandated behavior. Like the countries that there are a couple that did exactly those things and, and, and abided by freedom. Ironically, they're in Europe. And their numbers are exactly the same, if not better. In fact, they are better. And you could refer to Sweden, which is the ex exact example of either New York or Chicago. That is the exact numbers, and their numbers are better. It's evident that they do not know what they're doing. But what they do know is that they have this power and they will use it, even in the face of your demands as an American, as somebody who thought they were free. So is Arnold right? When you are free, do you have an obligation to some stranger? Do you have an obligation to somebody you know? Do you have an obligation to your neighbor? Or is he mixing... Is he mixing an obligation with manners? See, because freedom, unfortunately, you have the freedom to not be polite. You have the freedom to not let a politician tell you to double mask if you resist putting an experiment in your body. The principle of the argument is what we win when we get pulled off into the nuances of arguing over this collective vision of obligation. That's where we are and we're not losing, but we don't have the power to have that argument. Unfortunately, every politician who swore to uphold the principles of an American, of Americanism, has decided to not do that. And that's why a Republican can come on CNN and say, forget about your freedom. It's not as important as listening to what you know doesn't work. And that's what's getting lost. It's going to be the same thing economically. It's going to be the same thing with global warming. It's the same thing with health care. It's the same thing with everything of a tyrant. They're trying to prevent you from recognizing the truth versus their lie. 
and they're justifying this lie as noble. It is not noble to turn children into slaves. It is your obligation as a parent to instill in your children what it means to truly be free. That doesn't mean they have to be ignorant, but that doesn't mean that they can politely go into slavery, which is what these politicians are demanding. 312-642-5600. I'll take your calls when I get back. He will never negotiate his constitutional rights with the government. Live free or die on The Sean Thompson Show on AM560. The answer. There you go. That's the 70s. What a great time. My, My aunt used to make my cousin, who is 10 years older than me, take me everywhere. So here's a 16-year-old. Back then, when you were 16, you weren't like today's 16-year-old, where you're useless, where you got to have your mother go get you McDonald's three times a day. Back then, 16-year-olds had jobs. He was working, loading trucks. I'm tagging along. Then after work, go to Bill Pearl's gym. And that's where you see, that's where you learned how to be an American. You learned how to be a man. You You weren't waiting for somebody to give you something. You were waiting so you could go out there and take it and work for it. What a much better time as opposed to this so-called, we're so sophisticated now. We're turning generations into Soviets and slaves. We're enticing votes by telling people you're going to get dental on, on welfare insurance. What the hell is going on? But there is good news. There are politicians out there putting up a fight. Now they're being demonized and they're being assaulted. But the good people, I still say the majority of this country wants to be free. Meantime, tonight, the governor is standing firm on his mask mandate ban in school districts. It's been a hot topic across the state and here in central Florida. The governor was joined today by the education commissioner as he made stops in two cities. News 6 Lauren Cervantes joins us live in Seminole County with more. Lauren. Well, the governor was in St. Petersburg and Panama City today holding news conferences where he handed out $1,000 bonuses to teachers. But while there, he was asked about his executive order preventing districts from requiring students to wear masks. Governor Ron DeSantis mentioned two Florida counties failing to abide by his executive order at today's news conference held at an elementary school in St. Petersburg. Those counties are Alachua and Leon. The governor fielded a question about the White House looking for ways to pay superintendents or school board members who defy the governor's ban on mask mandates. So uh, our view is, of course, that, that we believe this is a decision for the parent uh, to make, just given the, the uncertainty about what it means, particularly for a lot of the young kids to be in that. And um, I think that's where the vast majority of the districts, I know we have, I think, two um, who, who are not uh, providing uh, the, the parents with the rights. But, but obviously, we believe that the parent rather than the government should ultimately be able to make that decision. The governor was jo- That's what's controversial. He believes that the parent rather than the government should make that decision. But the mind of a slave wants the government to take away others' rights. It's the exact same thing no matter what the topic is, whether it's their money, whether it's their decisions, or whether it's their property. That's the thing about a Soviet and a socialist and an American Democrat. They're thieves that don't have the coward, or that have the co- they're too much of a coward to do it themselves. They want government to do it. That's why they root for an iron-fisted government. That's why they vote for Democrats. It's just it's a despicable Despicable turn of events. John in Midlothian. Hey, thanks for taking my call. Uh, yeah, I don't believe in co-parenting with the government either. 
we obviously know there's untruths, there's things wrong, there's things not working, and there's false narratives being pushed. So I guess the question for you and anybody else who wants to call in, maybe provide some, you know, in, you know, some solution, how do we take control? How do we have accountability? How do we get empowered back where civil servants are now, you know, in fear of us, and we don't have to worry about, you know, being dictated to. It's just John. I, mean, I think that the I think you, that the answer the answer to me and from what I can answer to action. Yeah, is location. So, in other words, I, I if you're in a if you're in a Democrat mafia municipality, if you're in a Democrat mafia county, you're done. All of Illinois. They laugh at you. They laugh at you. So you have representatives in Texas. In, in Florida, in a handful of other states that are saying we are going to fight for the principles of freedom and Americanism. So my answer to you is you owe it to yourself and to your kids' future yeah. to do that. Because if you're not getting protected from tyranny and you're under the guise of it and you're guaranteed more of it, then you're whistling in the wind. You think J.B. Pritzker, you know, I noticed this years and years ago. I used to go to a, a, a place where there was a, the head of, a, he was um, Harmon's, the, the Congressman Harmon. He was his chief of staff. And he would come into the cigar store. It was a cigar store in River Forest called Oasis. He would come in the cigar store and tell us how they were laughing at the constituents that would call up complaining. See, in Illinois, when you call these Democrat mobsters, they don't care what you have to say. They laugh at you because they know that they hold the money. That's why I fight so hard against these infrastructure bills, these boondoggles. They get the money and they're buying loyalty to their tyranny. So at a certain point, when you realize I am whistling in the wind, you have to make that uncomfortable decision. But this is the future of America. You see, this is never we are never going to be the same. We are now living amongst people who want the government to take away your freedom. Not only that, they want you to take away your kids. And that's it. It's over with. Now, you could argue and you could pretend that there's going to be some reckoning. There isn't. You don't want that anyway. I'm not advocating violence. I never would. But it's like the flow of money. Money goes where it's liked. Freedom goes where it is liked. Freedom is not liked. In Democrat-run areas. It's not. Now you got the whole country run by that. It's going to be a long three and a half years, but that doesn't mean it has to be. Because remember how we started the show. It was the 70s that looked dismal. Interest rates 19%. Jimmy Carter was almost as stupid as Biden, but at least he knew if he had pants on or slippers. Joe Biden doesn't. So it's going to be real rough until we get the nooner in, the office's best lunch date, Kamala Harris. Then no one's going to vote for her. Even Democrats don't like her. That's the hope. And that's what we can do. Vince, downtown. Vince, hope you got your doors locked. <laughs> I do, brother. Trust me. Thank you. Um, first of all, uh, I'm from Cleveland. I live here part-time. Um, and I talked to you way back when you were starting on your show. Uh, I remember the name and the voice. Yep, yep, yep. And uh, I want to tell you, brother, uh, I'm so happy for you that you've got your own gig. You should have it. You, you're, you're, you're the man. And I'm proud of you. Um, thank you. Thank you. I, I agree with everything you're saying here, and I I, I I go through this stuff when I'm back in Cleveland, and I, I'm, I'm glad I found a source like you because we do have to stand up and take this back. I get what you're saying. Freedom will flow, you know, the path of least resistance maybe. I don't know if that's the word you want or the phrase you well, want to use. Well, here's what I want, Vince. I, I, love the, I, love the, I love us. I love people like us. We fight from a better place 
When exactly. we have a governor like DeSantis, when we have a governor like Abbott, when yep. we have politicians yep. that understand it, both in your in your hometown, Cleveland, who do you, who the hell do you got? You're you're almost as bad as Chicago, and you've got Illinois, uh, where uh, your gov- politi- governor uh, go- governor Dewine is uh, you know uh, you know c- talk about the the ultimate rhino. I mean, yeah. this guy's this this guy could be uh, Pritzker's running mate. You know, and, uh, and look at and look at what you've learned amazing. about the Illinois Republicans. We don't have a who's a Republican in Illinois. If they are, they're demonized. No. Jeannie Ives. No. They were made fun of. You know what I mean? So, so at that point, I read a book years ago. It was written by a Soviet professor. He predicted that in the future, America would break apart and it would become separate countries. Yep. That's exactly what's going to yep. happen, brother. And if it doesn't, the alternative is we agree to be slaves. So the only alternative at this point. Is we either agree to be slaves or we go to where we're welcomed and where we're protected by the government that is sworn to protect us. Unfortunately, those states are dwindling. But we need to, in my opinion, we need to flow to those states. That's my opinion, Vince. And uh, quick question on the uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger comment. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Despicable comment. Absolutely despicable. And I was a big fan. It's heartbreaking. Yeah, it is right. Yeah, exactly. Me too. Um, so my my question to you is, and uh, I'm I'm looking for some guidance here. You know, the favorite saying that people have when you you, you give them that stuff here, it's a free country. Well, you don't have freedom. You'll fire in a, in a crowded theater. You're right. You don't. That's not the same here. And that's I'm, I'm just looking for. I would never advocate have. breaking the law. You hear me? I don't advocate with the tag. If the right. taxes, Absolutely. whatever the taxes are, pay your taxes. I don't ever advocate breaking the law, but I do advocate never abandoning. What it means to be an American and what freedom and liberty stands for. And when you're told, no matter what the circumstances, put it on the side for now. You have to give it up for now. That is a scam because what they want you to do is sell into the fear. And what is the real fear? It's a very deadly thing, just like life itself. Life is very, you're in the car right now in downtown. What's, what's got a more likelihood of ending badly? Driving around the south side, the west side, or in some cases the Gold Coast, or having COVID, yeah. right? Yeah, I'd like to, absolutely. Let's get absolutely. some data on that. Thank Vince. Thanks for the call. I'll take the rest of your calls right, when right. I get back. 312-642-5600. This is the Sean Thompson Show on AM560. The answer. So Stay early, McFat, you big dummy. You know why I know that? This uh, these are the last two days. I have two hours, and then I cannot wait Monday. Three hours. But I was listening to Tom Beck during the news. Alejandro Mayorkas, a disgrace to Cuban-Americans in this, around the world, a Cuban seeking freedom around the world. He's blaming Trump for not bribing third world corrupt hellholes that the people themselves who live there can't take it so much that they're running to the border, breaking laws all over the place to get away from. And Mayorkas, Mayorkas, his answer is to keep bribing those third world hellholes like Colombia, Peru, Venezuela, Chile, Ecuador, Bolivia. It's insanity. It's insanity to be a Democrat. You're simply in on the scam or you're just stupid. It's it's really that simple. And it's no wonder you're going to get what you deserve. Because believe me, this socialism you all want, you can't hack it, baby. You can't handle it unless you like the ghettos. And maybe you can Bill, Itasca. Hey, Sean. You know, I was traveling last week out of the country and coming back. We had a, a COVID test. And we're in this line, this lady in, in the line with us. 
you know, she's proudly showing us her vaccine card and said, well, did you get vaccinated? And my wife and I, no, we weren't getting vaccinated. And she got angry about it. And then, you know, like, why did she have to get vaccinated? And we didn't. And, you know, and she got angry at us and told my wife she should die. And I'm thinking, why aren't you angry at the government that made you get vaccinated and have you in the line with us paying 150 bucks to get a test? I mean, the anger was so misguided. I just shook my head. Bill, Bill, I mean, shut up. You live in Itasca, Bill, and you, you, you've been, I'm assuming you're a Chicagoan forever, correct? Not really. I'm a migrant, but I thought it was the greatest city in America when I came here 45 or 46 years ago. There's nothing more vicious than the Chicago Democrat. There's nothing more. There's nobody more hateful, more covetous, more spiteful than the Chicago Democrat. They're true gangsters. They don't want anybody to have anything more than they have, which is why they cheer and vote for tyrants and mobsters and the corrupt figures you see around you. And it's normal to have a gangster like Mike Madigan run the state and run the city. It's normal to have gangster families like the Dailies, like Emanuel. That's normal to them because what they want is just to be part of that mob. They're not interested in seeing people strive. They have contempt for anybody who achieves more than they do, which is why they call for the government to come in and take their property and control their life. So it doesn't surprise me. It well, just sickens care anything about freedom. Bill, those, those are, that's a bad word to them. Freedom, liberty, capitalism, they hate those words. Mm-hmm. And that's why you're being told how to behave by children who are stuck in cubicles and are cowards. And their whole life they complain about how they hate their life, but all they want to do is tear down other people's. The mindset of a, of a socialist is an evil mindset. Do yourself a favor, Bill, if you ever, haven't heard of it. Read The Devil and Karl Marx. And it'll explain a lot of the people who who subscribe to that philosophy. They don't want achievement. They don't want success. They want to see other people be torn down to their misery. Really, how else could you explain well, the, Democrats the and their policies? Their policies. Uh, the leaders at the top will always be rich. The poor will always be poor. And this socialism, communism makes the rest of us poor with the poor. And that's why, Bill, they tolerate oligarchs and corrupt crime figures like the Biden and his entire administration. They don't mind that Biden used his political power to sell and prostitute government. They like it. The fact that he lived in the DuPont mansion since he's the 80s, he's never had a job. His son is worth tens, if not hundreds of millions. They like that because that's the crime family they want to be a member of. That's why I call it a mafia. Thanks, Bill, for the call. Stay safe and get the hell out of there. It's terrible. It's terrible what we're living through. And I was proud Proud Melrose Park. You remember the kids from Melrose Park? I, I'd punch anybody in the face that was from a different neighborhood. We all were like that. We we're all so cocky and arrogant. We're proud. We're American. Look at what they've become. And I say this to my friends who wanted jobs and voted Democrat. Look what you did to yourselves, dummy. Now you got to wallow in it. And now your kid's the one being forced to put the mask on. And you're not the king of your castle. Pritzker with the necklace with his face on his chest built like a manatee. He's the boss of your house, tough guy. That's why I never voted Democrat. Very proud of that. Dave in Georgia. I uh, just wanted to talk about Governor Ron DeSantis and his bold stance. It is bold, isn't it, to be an American? And he, Yeah, and he's, ta- and he's actually standing up for sort of values that we've all held for, throughout the values like Sean Thompson is an asshole. 
Oh, I like that one. Thanks, David. You must be from Georgia. You must be from the south side of Georgia. You could always tell when the Democrats on the line. I hope you got that in time, McBeth. And if not, it oh, doesn't yeah, matter. Not. Doesn't matter. You can back there. Broadcasting. Mary said. All right. Well, listen, that's obviously time. Should I, do I got time to take uh, another call? Let's go with Chad in Crystal Lake. Hi, Chad. That's why when I'm in Georgia, Chad, I throw the cigar butt right out of the window. I don't mind littering there. Go ahead. You are the man. Congrats on the hour. Love Thank your you. show. And uh, I've turned so many people on to your show. It's not even funny, but just let you know. Okay. Hey, so I'm in, I hope you're not uh, responsible for that moron in Georgia married to his sister driving a pickup truck with dirty feet. Go ahead. <laughs> At least you preach the truth. Yeah. Um, so in our district, I went to the last couple school board meetings about the math. And they're like, well, A, our hands would be tied financially if we don't do anything. And B, we have to li- listen to the health department. So how does somebody get around that? I mean, it's not the school board entirely. They're volunteers. They're dealing no, with No, it's the system of government schooling. Tell, but the health department's calling the shot. They lose their accreditation. The health department will come shut the school down. And their insurance and their accreditation. And that's the problem with the government system. And that's why... You know, obviously, it, people should have been advocating for school choice for, for, for a millennium, but, but they fell into the government school system. And this is what you get. You want something for nothing? This is what you get. The real atrocity in this is that somehow this trust fund baby butter-handed fascist has control of the private schools. That's the real problem. I expect this in the public schools. When you get something from the government, expect that it's going to suck and be corrupt, and you'll be way ahead of the game. But the idea that he has somehow seized control of the private schools, it's outrageous to me. That's why, Chad, you want to know, I've been advocating this. You listen to the show. Homeschool your kids. That doesn't mean you can't get 10 friends together, and you can't put 15 kids and hire one teacher. Everything's online. And your kids will have a better appreciation for what America is because you'll be teaching them the real capitalism, the real history, the real math. You know, that's what it is to be a kid. Look at the, you know what's funny? Get, take a, a, a grade school graduation exam from 1890 or 1905 and give it to a high school graduate from CPS and see if he can pass it. No, he can't. Our education, when the people who, who had kids were in control of it, and there was one teacher that, that answered to the entire town and taught every grade, the kids were smarter. Look at the letters from the soldiers in the Civil War back home and watch the evening news and listen to the morons on it. I mean, you, be, the whole system, you want to know what will save America? Homeschool your kids. Thanks, Chad, for the call. I appreciate it. It doesn't mean you can't get together. 312-642-5600. Fastest show. i got to go to break again. Not a bad one. You know what I love about Democrats that call up? and First of all, I love the fact they're listening, and I love the fact that they know they're wrong, and all they can do is yell and scream. I also love the fact that they have to suffer in the ghettos that their policies and that their vote builds. I love that part. I really, really do. So when inflation happens and they try to deny it. Just in now to see, and then a key inflation index has just hit a record high. Now, this uh, measures the prices that U.S. producers receive for their goods and services. It's up 7.8 percent over the past year. And that was more. It's okay. Gas is up 46 percent. You know what I love about it? Pay it, you low-life failure. Pay it. Because I'll play that game with you all day long. And I'm going to win. I'm going to do socialism better than you. 
just like I did capitalism better than you. Because you know what I'm never going to give up? I'm never going to give up being an American, understanding what freedom and liberty and capitalism is. And I'm always going to practice it. I'm always going to beat you. Always. Great calls. Jen Skokie. Hello. Hi. Um, I was just calling because you were talking about homeschooling. Mm-hmm. And we've been homeschooling for 12 years, pulled our kids out of Chicago public schools because the curriculum was so bad and subpar. Um and started our own homeschool group. It is not hard to do. There's tons of help and support out there, and it, the sky is the limit. You can, can I ask do you, so much. And I want yes? to ask you the residual fact, the residual benefits, yes. I should say. What's your relationship <laughs> with with your kids? What's it like now? They know so much more than if they were in school. I had put them in and out of school, public school, and they're always at least two years ahead of the average curriculum. So most homeschool kids in Chicago start going to community college 13, 14 years old at Chicago Chicago Community College and in Oakton and at Harper. They start going, and it's, it's really easy. You just go in. You can take the placement test. And they are capable at 13, 14, 15 years old to do college-level work. And do you know why I think that is, Jen? I've, I've had this philosophy for the last 10 years. It's because they were not thrown in the Lord of the Flies arena of the public school, where they were subjected to bullying from other moron kids, intimidation by those kids, or belittlement by teachers. And I, I, I sent right. my kids to private school, and I experienced all of those things. And, you know, I have always thought, what if it's absolutely 100% wrong to turn your kids over to strangers before they have that confidence only a parent could instill in a child and that that nurturing of learning by someone who really cares the outcome? And every story I hear of a teacher bullying a kid like that 13-year-old boy who tried to hang himself and unfortunately lived for two years, his teacher was the one bullying him. And I thought to myself, how much better would society be if the parents did exactly what you did in Skokie and the relationship between the parents and the child themselves? Because you didn't turn them over to strangers, and they're going to instinctively understand that. I mean, it's just my opinion. My kids, and most of the kids we know, the homeschool kids, um, are are confident. They start their own businesses when they're young. My daughter did two years ago at 16. So they they can speak to people. They can make eye contact. The answer is simple then. I mean, really, you're, you're the thousandth person that's told me this. The answer is really quite simple. And the answer is to simply pull your kids out of the government organization. Jen, I'm so happy you did what you did. Tell your kid if I ever am an old man and I need a loan, buy me a cigar. Thank you, Jen. Appreciate it. Chris, Portage Park. Hey, Sean, you were talking about nothing being worse than Chicago liberals. Um, You know, one of my exes is one, unfortunately, but for obvious reasons. He told me that during the lockdown, it was game on going to these underground bars. That's why you love them. Everybody else. They preach one thing, they practice another. I love that about the scumbags. I really, really do. And that's why I know I'll always do better. Because you know who will own the bar? A guy like me. I absolutely love it. All right, that was the fastest, fastest hour. We got another one. Thank you for the call, everybody. Socialists and communists are not welcome on The Sean Thompson Show on AM560, The Answer. From the streets of Melrose Park to the trading floor of the Merc. 
He's fought for every dollar he's ever earned. And now, with personal liberty and our system of capitalism under assault in America, he's here to seize back our rights from the government. With a cigar in one hand and a copy of the Declaration of Independence in the other, he's Sean Thompson. And this is The Sean Thompson Show. a capitalist in a corporatist world with a socialist undercurrent, I'm having a real hard time pretending that capitalism and freedom and liberty still exists. I always am uh, given a little inspiration when I see someone who is a capitalist, who understands the principles of capitalism, Americanism, freedom and liberty. Ryan Bourne not only um, sits on the R. Evan, I think it's Sharif, chair for the public understanding of economics at Cato. He has written a book that I am dying to talk about, Economics in One Virus. I want to thank you so much, Ryan, for joining me. How are you? Great to be with you, Sean. I'm really looking forward to, to being interviewed by you. Well, I'm looking forward because I have had such a hard time in this virus during this time where governments have decided to create future taxation, they call debt, as they print up currency to mimic the velocity of money, as they shut down an economy with the idea it was a light switch, and and me being a capitalist, knowing the ramifications of that. What does the future look like? Well, I think um, post-crisis, obviously, um, as the great Robert Higgs' work has shown, um, whenever something like this hits, something as pervasive as a mass mobilization war or a pandemic, unfortunately, we tend to leave it with uh, bigger government in both size and scope than we first started with. And it certainly seems with the agenda that the Biden administration is pursuing, that that's where we're headed. I suspect that along the way, there will be some minor wins for liberty. Um, I imagine coming out of crisis, for example, that we will see at least some uh, retrospective uh, changes to the way that the FDA works, which has long been a, bit, a big libertarian issue and, and trying to speed up life-saving kind of vaccines and treatments um, that help very sick people and keep them alive. But beyond that, and beyond certain regulations that have been relaxed, I think you're right that we're in for a very, very tough time um, as, as kind of libertarian, capitalist-minded people, um, and it's going to take some time to regroup. Um, uh, the American economy going into this crisis, of course, was incredibly uh, robust in terms of its employment performance. We're now seeing down the, the track a whole bunch of new uh, labor market regulation efforts to um, strip back or, or, or kind of retrograde uh, steps to reintroduce lots of pro-trade uh, union exclusive legislation. Um, and so I suspect a lot of the, the things that were really great about the American economy, its dynamism, uh, its low levels of unemployment, um, they're going to be at risk in the years to come. And Ryan, when you see that this administration, along with a very, very large percentage of the American people, and, and, and really people throughout the world, are embracing this principle of, of collectivism and socialism, and you see them being enticed into this notion that government can somehow provide something it doesn't have, which is money. There's this still misunderstanding by citizens that governments are wealthy rather than 
destructive to wealth. Can you philosophically change that when you point to history proving that each and every time this type of collectivist top-down control of, of economies, of, of employment, when you see them stoke the very things that destroy and, uh, uh, capitalism and a wealth of a nation, when they promote universal health care, when they promote high minimum wages, when they promote unions, can we win the philosophical argument or are we just going to be subjected to administration versus administration for for our, our, our economic freedoms? Well, there's no total victories in politics or in democratic debates. Um, so we have to be positive and we have to kind of regroup. Unfortunately, you tend to only get major changes in direction through the political system when crises hit. And, you know, yesterday I was I was watching events with um, Joe Biden urging more OPEC oil production. And it really reminded me about reading about the situations in the 1970s where governments are pursuing uh, huge fish, fiscal expansions, as you say, quite aggressive expansionary monetary policy. That, of course, pushes up commodity prices. And then as a result of that, uh, governments are then blaming producers for not producing enough oil and, and urging more production to increase the supply of oil to bring down the price. And, you know, I think we have to sometimes, sadly, live through the consequences of these terrible policies to be able to make the case. But it's crucial for us as libertarians to be making that case now and loudly today because it's only by observing the consequences of those policies and then being able to point to the people who are actually forewarning um, what those consequences would be that we'll get the credibility credibility back to uh, reverse some of these retrograde ideas. When you realize that 20% of the U.S. dollars in circulation were printed during 2020, the same year that the government shut down private small business, kept open its favorites and its selected, and you see in this new administration that already we're looking at $9 trillion of created money. Is there a capitalist system that can pull that money back out even in the in the unlikelihood that whoever the next president is says, OK, we're going to go back to what made the country the, the youngest and the richest and we're going to promote the principles of capitalism. Or has that debt now just become too cumbersome to even rescue anymore? Well, um, we're in a completely unprecedented situation. We, it is true. Uh, some people will respond to you and say it is true that in the past we have had as high debt levels relative to GDP um, in the economy. Coming out of World War II, for example, and other countries through history, you know, the UK from you know, my original homeland has had uh, debt to GDP ratios of 200 um, percent of GDP over kind of double what it is now in the US. But how were they able to bring that debt back down and restore sound money? They run budget surpluses year after year. Um, sometimes they inflated away some of the debt, and other times uh, some of that debt was reduced as a burden on the economy through strong economic growth. Unfortunately, in the next two to three decades, uh, through virtue of the fact that we've got a rapidly um, aging population, 
coupled with the fact that the key drivers of debt in the longer term are promises that politicians have made to provide healthcare services, to provide social security to more and more uh, aging people. Those options of growing our way out of this debt, even inflating the way out of the debt because social security is is protected against inflation. Um, All of those options are off the table. So at some stage, there will be a reckoning. Now, precisely when that reckoning occurs, um, whether it is just a situation where over years and years, the economy's uh, growth potential is impaired and gradually we have to uh, reduce the deficit and, uh, and, and rein in spending. But, you know, it could end up through some sort of crisis at some stage, some sort of fiscal crisis. But what can't go on won't go on. And um, the, the national debt at the moment is um, a completely unsustainable. If you look over the next 30 to 40 years, a completely unsustainable trajectory. And rather than looking at that, you know, politicians quite often say they want to do things to improve the situation for our children. They talk about intergenerational justice. Well, they can observe these projections for what's going to happen to the debt on unchanged policies. And not just, not only, sorry, are they not doing anything to address those longer term challenges with the reform of the entitlement, they're actually raising the baseline level of debt from which all these projections stem from. So it's really irresponsible. But as I say, what can't go on in the longer term won't go on. Ryan, um, you're obviously from Great Britain. As you see America implement a very similar Keynesian style of an economy, and you're watching what naturally happens in a socialist society, is that there there really, in in America, there were no classes before. There was just a very, very robust working population. But as you see in a socialist society, what always happens is they become the political class, the the favorite class. Then the rest of the citizens are cast into some servitude level. Has a country ever been able to break that? And I see, as I reflect on your economics in your, in your native land, they have been unable to a certain effect, at least that's my understanding, to have that kind of free-flowing velocity of money that only capitalism has among people who are able to have mobility versus a very, a very confiscatory scaled tax system that guarantees mediocrity. Do you think that the American people will call back for that? Or what I'm seeing happen is they're calling for more of the very thing that creates that. They're calling for more stringent taxation and more control. Do you think that Great Britain understands that and has kind of corrected that more so than America? Well, there have been times when Britain's... um instituted partial reversals on this cycle that we appear to be on for bigger and bigger government. Uh, If you think back to Margaret Thatcher's period in power, you know, she privatized a lot of uh, formerly nationalized industry. She rode back uh, on a lot of the regulatory state. Um, But no country, as far as I'm aware, uh, even though they reformed things on the margins, no country has fundamentally uh, reversed uh, a welfare state. And that is the primary kind of driver of our longer-term debt burden at the moment, the entitlement spending. And, you know, Joe Biden wants to introduce completely new uh, welfare programs in in the form of universal pre-K, childcare subsidies, all of these types of things. Once they are introduced, um, and certain individuals regard it as a kind of 
benefit as an entitlement to them, it can be incredibly difficult to um, to reverse. And there have been countries that have reversed things partially. You know, Sweden got to a stage where 70% of its economic output uh, was government uh, spending, or government activity through the 70s. It managed to reverse that pretty substantively uh, through the 90s. But no country, as far as I'm aware, has been able to um, has been able to reverse this trend for an ever-growing government once that welfare state uh, cycle has kicked in. That's my biggest fear, and that's why I'm resistant to all of these new bills that are clearly going to pass, whether we pretend we can fight it off or not. I'm optimistic, but I'm also from Chicago, and you have seen in the in these states how different states run by different ideologies are bankrupt, and they, they are now comfortable taking from the others. And as I think about the autopsy of America, should we not be able to pull back from this? In a hundred years from now, when they're saying, how did America collapse? I believe COVID will prove itself to be the greatest weapon to the American socialist. Do you think I'm right? Well, issues like pandemics are always a real challenge for, for us as libertarians because they are limiting cases for our ideas. I do think there are certain situations whereby um, there is a stronger case for certain government uh, interventions when you have a new novel infectious disease and it threatens to kind of run rampant through um, hospitals and leading to, to mass death. So, you know, I think if we were talking about the Black Death, for example, uh, we probably wouldn't be uh, talking about this conversation in the same way. Right. Um, so really, we're arguing over where the boundary is. That said, you know, the old uh, phrase from uh, from, from Rahm Emanuel, as you know, never let a crisis go to waste. We're seeing that in spades in regards this pandemic. I mean, this continuation, this rolling on of the eviction moratorium, for example, the you know the cancellation of student debt, uh, the using it as a precursor to massively expand, not just you know not just guarantee people their their former income while they're partially laid off. Uh, because of COVID, but paying people $600 a week for a time uh, in additional supplemental uh, unemployment insurance benefits to stay at home. That, which, by the way, just happens to be 40 hours per week at, at, at Democrats um, desired $15 minimum wage, I'm sure no coincidence at all. That stuff, I think, really is an example of politicians using this crisis to further their uh, longer-term agenda. It's the motivated reasoning. It's using this crisis as an excuse to do the things that they wanted to do anyway. And I think that we as libertarians have to call that out, and we have to call it as we see it. There are certain things that can be justified in extreme circumstances, uh, but this stuff has no uh, no public health rationale. What this is is a land grab uh, using yeah. the crisis uh, as an excuse to push uh, long-held ideas. America pretends to have two political parties. I always say they have the same banker, and we see it time in and time out. Britain has how many political parties? Uh, two the same, but um, but but even though they're they're kind of more similar in their outlook, you know, there's less diversity of uh, of thought. Uh, you're right in the way that you kind of framed it. Is, I describe them as the kind of social democrats of all the parties, because by and large, they all 
buy into the same model of government. They only argue about things on the margins. I think that's a little different here. I think the two parties do fundamentally disagree on a lot of social issues. But you seem to be right. You know, you look at this uh, this recent budget bill and you look at the amount of spending that uh, was overseen by Republicans and signed off by President Trump. And in terms of fiscal probity, at least, there doesn't appear to be much difference between the two parties here. In this in this time of this tumultuous nature that we're living through and in the the fact that the citizens are disgusted, the, the large percentage of people who have historically voted Republican, is the silver lining or the bright spot, the possibility that maybe another party can break out or that I, I feel it's impossible to clean out a Republican Party when you see the Senate majority leader. You know, I call him old lady face because I find him amusing when I look at him. But the reality is he's a very successful gangster who who wields power just like an old fashioned gangster from the old political days. And you see him vote for the bill, come out 20 minutes later and rail against what he knew would be attached to it in the reconciliation in fact, representing the minority of Republicans, as we had 30 Republican senators vote against it. Are we better off cleaning out the Republicans or starting an entirely new party, in your opinion? Well, I'm more of an economist than a, than a, than a politico, um, so I, it's probably above my pay grade to, to comment on the formation of a new political party. As I understand it, and you know, there have been efforts in the past to try and really generate a third party in the United States. One thing that I would say, um, and that's been very difficult, obviously, and hasn't, uh, and hasn't happened. One thing that I would say, though, is that, you know, you follow a lot of these debates, and I do think there's a coalition forming, um, a coalition that I describe as a kind of coalition of the sensible. Uh, and that does entail lots of people that would consider themselves libertarians who can identify government overreach in this crisis. It does entail a lot of people that would historically have described themselves as more classically liberal. And it's increasingly entailing uh, many commentators and, and kind of thought leaders that would regard themselves as centrist, because I think they're um, understandably concerned with um, uh, the, the, the kind of fiscal issues that we're seeing and, uh, and, and some of the land grabs that, that have um, used the public health crisis as a kind of precursor to push other ideas. So I think there is a germination of a potential group there. Whether that's enough to form a, a political party that's viable at a national level, I don't really know. I'd have to be here a bit longer before I can judge that. Well, Ryan, I'm gl I hope you do stay, and you've been a joy, and I want to thank you so much for joining me. Ryan Bourne, Cato Institute. Please take a look at his, at his writings. Please purchase his book. And I wouldn't mind, Ryan, you know, in this country, it's customary to send a signed one to the guy who interviews you. Just saying... Take it upon yourself. But thank you so much for joining me. I really appreciate it. Consider it in the post. Wonderful, wonderful. Ryan Bourne, thank you so much. We'll be back after this. All right. I got uh, Megan on the line. Megan, Orland Park. Hey, Sean. Um, yeah, I, I'm calling um, pretty briefly. I wanted to say I am so looking forward to next Monday when you've got three hours. Me, too. Except got, I'm coming back to so the sewer. Yeah. yeah. I, and then um, 
it, it was a little bit more difficult to get through, Sean. So the words getting out that, that you're out there and you got a passion and you got a, you know something to share with everyone. Words getting so, out. I'm down yeah, here in Florida, as you know. I come down. I go back and forth, back and forth, and I go to the cigar. I, there's like 30 guys that are listening to this show that are watching it. It is getting out, and you know, this is the thing. I've always believed, Megan. We love America. And I believe we are the majority. I think we're too quiet about it. I think now is the time to come together and understand what makes America great is the freedom and liberty of the citizens. And hopefully, I'm still optimistic that we can reject this. I'm not as optimistic mm-hmm. that we can reject mm-hmm. it from states like the one you and I are from and, and, and where yeah. you live. It's going to be very difficult. I have, Go ahead. So I have a question for you, Sean. This is the question, pretty brief. Did you see... When Joe Biden got into office, and I truly do believe that this election was stolen, did you see that we would be where we're at today with all this craziness? I fought so hard against him for those three months when I filled in for Steve Cortez because I knew what would happen when he got in. I've always understood what Joe Biden is. He's nothing more than the biggest problem with America. He's a political whore who understands it's more important to corrupt the vote than represent the principle of this country. So, yes, I knew if he got in how difficult it would be to maintain any sense of Americanism. And that's why I'm so happy to have this job, because I'm going to fight every damn day to keep it and push the communist Marxist socialist mafia Democrats back. Thank you so much, Megan, for the call. We'll be back after this. Did anybody ever travel on the South Shore of Chicago? Did anybody ever see those gorgeous buildings? Gorgeous. Brownstones. I mean, they're magnificent. In fact, they're as nice, if not nicer, than the homes in Lincoln Park. What makes it different in the neighborhood? What makes it different? South Shore neighborhood is full of government welfare. That's what welfare and that's what socialism looks like. It doesn't matter how nice the property is. There's a hopelessness in socialism. Ask a former Eastern European if they were optimistic and socialism was as blissful as the sales pitch. The answer is no. So when I have a guest on talking about the beauty of Americanism, which is the citizen's right to property i go long i blow through breaks and the reason is that's the crux of our argument the reason that america is so wonderful is because it's the only country the youngest country and the richest how did that happen because they could print up money no it happened because citizens could have money citizens could create wealth there's only one system that does it capitalism the other countries that we pretend are rich like china they're not rich at all they're tyrannical they're hopeless they're despotic unless you're in the government you're poor you're a slave the beauty of this country is we didn't need government up until what 50 years ago 60 years ago the idea that we would take these commands now about our behavior is the natural transition to accepting government dictate over your life it starts with money believe it or not and then sooner or later you've got fat trust fund babies taking away your business and your freedom it's just the natural trajectory 
of government tyranny. That's how it looks. And it's going to get worse unless the fight is put up now. This is why I always talk about capitalism, because I get criticism. I, it's funny. I get criticism of you don't go too deep. You don't go deep enough into economics or you're always talking about economics. The reason is you cannot have capitalism without liberty. You can't have liberty without capitalism. There is no utopia socialist country, not even Britain. It's not. That's why it's imper- it's, it, it's crucially important to understand the way we get this back in my opinion, is through the opportunity we have now. I understand it looks bad. I know it looks bad. I feel it. You feel it. We see every day political whores come on TV and take away more and more of our ability over our, 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 over our lives, over our future. So when you see them, recognize them and teach your kids. You have an opportunity here to teach your kids. Your kids are the ones that are suffering. We all went through last year. We all had to deal in private schools. When you dropped your kid off, what would you have to deal with? Masks, arbitrary rules, things we know didn't work. In fact, the people selling that to us knew it didn't work. That's why they're so schizophrenic with their rules and their ideas and their, I hate it when, it, when, when Trump does it, I love it when Biden does it. It's the same nonsense. The only thing that ever makes sense is Americanism, is liberty, is freedom. Yet you're being pushed that there is some noble, virtuous dictatorship, fascism. There isn't. Now, will it be tough to work out of? It will be. But never forget what times in this country's history of bad, bad economics, of bad leadership, what it led to. The reason we, we talked about the 70s is it was terrible in the 70s. Most of us aren't old enough to remember it. It was terrible. Unemployment was through the roof. Inflation was through the roof because you had the same kind of moron, although twice as capable as Joe Biden, in leadership. Back then, you had the same type of Republicans, the same type of corporatists like Mitch McConnell, like Lindsey Graham and the other 17 morons that voted for the infrastructure bill. There is possibly another Reagan out there. I'm sad to say I think it's my my current governor, DeSantis. I think he's our best chance, but I also think that there are politicians out there who have yet to throw their head in the ring that may help us. So I get some, some feedback. Oh, you know, you have a libertarian on. A libertarian on. He's using the word libertarian because what he really means is he believes in liberty. The libertarians that I associate with did not vote libertarian in this last election, per se. They, they either didn't vote at all or they understood what we were up against in the in the idea of a Biden administration, because everyone knew what Joe Biden was, what he is, what his legacy will prove him to be a political whore corrupt from the day he took office to the day he leaves it. Now, he has taken on this idea of complete and total control to the point of where they're lying to your face. We are all paying the cost of this. We all live through the failure of Obamacare. I have yet to meet somebody who says, I love Obamacare. It worked out just the way I said. It's beautiful. I love it. Unless that person is a welfare roach. See, because that's what thrives on this kind of ideology. People who are willing to sell their freedom for the false sense of security. That's why the American Marxist, the American communist, the American socialist is always selling fear, even in the face of his predictions being wrong. This virus 
was not what they said it was. They stoked the fear. They're talking about it now in Florida as if deaths are through the roof. Florida is the sixth, the sixth best state when it comes to deaths. Illinois is far worse, far more totalitarian. New York, New Jersey, they're the top of the bad. Yet where is the government the strongest? The idea that we have to just somehow bend knee to this. You don't. You don't have to bend knee. You don't like your school board. I'm not advocating you go there and threaten the people on the school board. Not at all. The best way to protest totalitarianism is to not participate. That's the best. You're going to raise the taxes on me? Okay, what's the number? Then I won't work. I'm not suggesting you go on welfare. I'm suggesting you pull down. Because they are guaranteeing to use their foot soldiers within the bureaucracies of government to crush you. This bill, 2,700 pages, not a one of them read it. When it's written by lawyers, it's going to really be 27,000 pages. The reconciliation bill will pass. You know, I, I, I have good guys, friends of mine. Oh, it's not a done deal. You know, they give me the schoolhouse rock. It's got to go back to Congress and, da, 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 and then it's got to go back to the Senate. You can see. What is happening in this country? You can see the government. I guess they're called representatives. They're not anymore. They're not representing you. They're representing government strength over you. This is not over. But you're going to have to go to high ground, and you're going to have to think like you're under attack because what you're seeing day in and day out is you are. If you believe in those principles of Americanism, you're under attack. All right, I'll take your calls when I get back. If you're on the line, stay there. If you want to be 312-642-5600, I got two lines open. Back after this. The horizon of, of the economy, in my opinion, will be a calamity. Now that the moratorium is off, landlords who were never in financial trouble are in financial trouble. You're already seeing massive vacancies of what used to be Real estate occupied by small retail business, small offices go vacant. It will be only a matter of time before the dominoes start to fall. That being said, in those darkest times, people are going to have a choice to make. They're going to turn to the government or they're going to turn to capitalism. Never forget, there's only one third, one third of America that wanted to fight off the king. That's it. In all this tax talk, you know how many people actually, actually, pay taxes more than they receive 20 percent we've always been outnumbered but ultimately we're right because we're right on the principle and i still i'm still optimistic john in his car not so much hi john hey you know you keep but you can't have the argument you can't solve that argument of liberty and freedom because liberty and freedom means self-accountability and self-reliance yeah liberty and, and freedom has failure you know, well, I understand, but I'm talking about selling it. No, and and right. I'll tell you what, you know, as far as a guy like you, you really don't belong on this radio station because all this is, <laughs> it's lab dog radio. That's no, all it is. Everyone who's not... listening to you agrees with you anyways. I'm telling you, Sean, wow. you know what needs to happen? Wait, I'm, listen, I'll tell you what. If you were, if you knew any of these whack jobs on the others, like uh, the Democrat radio, uh, like I forgot. I'm proud that I don't know these guys, right? Oh, wait, wait, wait. If you, what I think should happen, because this kind kind of radio, this is it's good. You know, everyone is listening to you. They're, you're not gonna. They all believe in what you say, anyways. If you switched and went on 
one of their, their shows, and that guy came here, I'll bet you any money you would not be able to change one listener's mind. I think you're wrong, and I'll tell you why, John. Think about in your own life. Think about the guy who has the landscaping business that cuts your grass. Think about the last time you had to call a plumber. Think about the roofer. Think about the guys who actually came here with nothing or had nothing and then built a company where they had maybe 20 guys or 10 guys or 50 guys that worked for them. Some of the most successful capitalists I know are the ones who did not go through the educational system that would impress people. The richest guys I know are guys that barely made it through high school. I'm not kidding you. So, to me, John, I think the ordinary man wants that. Don't forget. Those type of people are not engaged, Sean. You know what they're doing? They're living out the true American dream. They're too busy. I'm talking about the type of people that are listening and trying to be engaged. Well, John, I think, you know what, then? Then, I mean, you you even solidified my position more, and I'll tell you why. Those people who are too busy earning, they're about to really pay the cost for earning. Under a Democrat administration, they're about to lose everything they work for. So with every bad shot, there's always an opportunity. Fight's not over. We're just down in the round. rounds. That's all. You you just get as big as Limbaugh. That's all you <laughs> need to worry about. All right, you you know, keep okay. listening, and I'll try. Thank you very much, buddy. Thank you. I love this. I love this. This is not even a job. It's not even fair. It's not even fair, but don't get me wrong. When it comes time to negotiate with the suits, I clamp down a little bit. Are we already? Where is that? The music in the background? All right. Well, listen. Then we're gonna we're gonna have to. Uh... That's tomorrow. That's tomorrow, and that is it for us today. And we will leave you with a. I can't do it. We'll do it live. I'll be back in 22 hours. I had a great time. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.